Well, that pretty much explains our lives, doesn't it, sometimes? I mean, I'm so glad that you guys are here with us today, and uh, we are starting a brand new series called Making Change. And if you'd like to go online right now, you can use your camera, phone, and you can uh, scan that QR code, you can pull up the sermon notes, because you're going to take notes today, okay? So if you have something to write on that'd be awesome, or pull out your phone, your iPad, uh, we got lots to do today uh, to talk about a subject that I feel like all of us are dealing with now, or someday we will soon be dealing um, with this. We chose the name Making Change because our theme verse for these, the next uh, few weeks is Proverbs 13, 7, which says that one person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing, and a Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. And honestly, that, that can describe a lot of us. That describes, honestly, the way that, that we as Americans are, are taught to live. To seem like you have a whole lot, but not have very much. And then there are a select few that seem like they don't have much, but really they have great wealth. Because just like in this video, the majority of us in this area have a lot of things, but it's all financed. Whether it's your car, um, whether it is your house, the vacations you go on, the clothes that you're wearing, almost everything that we have is financed. And if something happened back in the 60s and 70s and credit card companies and banks got together and said, you know what, we can make billions of dollars by charging um, financial uh, in transactions and and fees to people. And so let's, let's start this new trend of handing out credit cards. And man, they, they sure handed them out like crazy. For example, in 1966 in Chicago, there were five banks that got together and they, they uh, handed out or mailed out 5 million credit cards. And it was mainly to people that had never asked for them. 15, uh, some families received up to 15 cards in the bank, from the bank in the mail. Uh, dead people got cards, babies got cards, and even a dog named Alice got four credit cards in her name. They were handing them out like candy. The fact is, it's really easy to get into debt, but it's very difficult to get out of debt. So let me ask this. Let me, let me just kind of show you how this works. If you are in this room and you have no consumer debt whatsoever, meaning you have no leases, you have not a dime on credit cards, you don't uh, have any um, vehicle loans, you don't have a second mortgage, you have no store credit cards or store credit of any kind. Everything is paid off maybe except for your house. If that is you, would you mind standing up? Okay, look around the room. Okay, that is awesome. Okay, here's the deal. We, we need to be more like you, okay? We need to be more like you. So for the rest of us, the rest of y'all, y'all, y'all can leave. Those of you who stood up, you can, you can get out of here. For the rest of us, let me, let me explain some things to you. So here's some current facts about debt in America. In 2020, Americans carried a grand total of just over $1 trillion in credit card debt. Trillion with a T. How much is a trillion? One trillion seconds it's not 320 years or 3,200 years. It is 32,000 years. One trillion seconds is 32,000 years. That's how much a trillion is. One trillion pennies stacked on top of each other would go 875,000 miles. That's going from here to the moon and back. 
and then to the moon again. That's how much a trillion pennies is. If you were to live when Jesus lived, and you still live today, which you'd be really old and wrinkly, but if you lived that long and you spent a million dollars every single day, how many of y'all could spend a million dollars in a day? Anybody? Okay. A couple of y'all. Okay. The husband's like, put your arm down, honey. Put your arm down. Okay. So if you spent a million dollars every single day for over 2,000 years, you would still not get to a trillion dollars. There are 1.2 billion active credit cards in the United States. And the average American household has, get this, $190,000 in mortgage debt, $28,000 in car loans, $57,000 in college student loans, and $6,300 in revolving credit card debt. That is what you pay on interest. You pay interest on. So don't raise your hand, but are you higher or lower than that? Where are you in the middle of those numbers? See, the average person has four credit cards, and one out of every seven Americans has at least 10 credit cards. That's a thick wallet right there, right? 10 credit cards. And you know the, the old saying that, that there, there's, there's two kinds of people in America. There are the haves and the have-nots, but that is a lie. There are three kinds of people in America. There are the haves, the have-nots, and the have-not paid for what they haves, Okay? <laughs> That is the honest truth. And a lot of us are stuck with this debt, and it weighs heavy on us. It's an active burden. What would it be like if you didn't have debt? What kind of burdens in your life would be lifted? What would you be able to do with the money that you had if you weren't paying someone every month for the things that you decided to buy? They did a study and found out that over 30% of us would sell an organ to get rid of our debt. Would you sell an organ? Depends on what organ it is, I guess, okay? Would you sell an organ? 30% of people say, in America said they would sell an organ to get out of debt. 38% said they would take part in a questionable um, health study or medical study to get out of debt. You know, popping some pills, you have no idea what the side effects are going to be. You know when you, when you see those commercials and at the end that person talks really fast and talks about all the side effects, you're like, I, why would I want to do that? There's possible death and I don't know what's going on. Those are the people that took those studies, right? 55% would be willing to turn their lives into a full-time reality show in exchange for their debt being wiped out. I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a better way. What if I told you that you didn't have to give up a kidney, you didn't have to take some questionable medicine, and you didn't have to have TVs in front of your life to get out of debt? Will you take that deal? So this, this, this next three weeks during the series, I'm going to ask you to commit to some things. And the first thing I'm going to ask you to commit to is to attack and pay off all of your consumer debt. And that's a big ask. That's, that's a lot to ask and to, to commit to doing that. And you may look at that and say, you know what, that is unattainable. And in fact, debt is unavoidable. But I believe that when we go to God's word, he gives us the recipe to get out of debt. There is this debt reduction plan that God has that I want to share with you. And here's this plan, a simple nutshell. You need to get angry and to get weird. Okay, that is God's plan for you with debt, where you get angry at debt. 
when you see that it's choking the life out of you and you want to change and be different. And then you got to get weird where you do things that the rest of the world says, man, that's kind of crazy. Why are you living the way that you're living? You could just go and buy that and just, oh, man, just finance it. Or you go to the auto dealership and it's like, what do you want your payments to be? You know that, that old trick, right? And you say, you know what? No, I'm not going to live that way. I'm going to be different. I love what Christian financial coach Dave Ramsey says about money. He says that if you live and give like no one else now, then you can live and give like no one else later. A lot of us in the American dream, we want to live high on the hog right now and pay for it later. When in fact, God's plan is the complete reverse. So turn to Proverbs chapter six. Get your Bibles. Man, we're gonna be looking at Proverbs six over the next couple of weeks. And we're gonna look starting in verse one. There's this amazing um, Example of how we should live right here. Look what it says. Proverbs chapter 6 says this My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, when that's just saying, Hey, if you have gotten into debt, whether you have gotten into personal debt or you have signed on behalf of somebody else so they could get into debt, if you've gotten yourself in this bad situation, here's what it's like you've been trapped by what you said. You've been ensnared by the words of your mouth. And so the Bible says, the proverb, the writer is saying this to his, to his kids. And it says this, so do this, my son, to free yourself. Since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. That's a great imagery right there. So from these verses, I've got, I've got a lot of advice for you, and we can't go through them all today. I mean, we don't have time to go through them, but the best way to, to kind of look at it is, is this. If Jesus and Dave Ramsey and your grandmother showed up at your house, okay, and you invited them in, the three of them came, down, came in, they sat down on the couch, and they opened up the Bible to Proverbs 6, and y'all read that together, here's what they would say. They would say, this is what this is saying to you. Number one, Humble yourself. If you want to get out of debt, here's what this proverb is saying. You have to humble yourself. Look at verse 3 again. It says this. Do this, my son, to free yourself since you have fallen in your neighbor's hands. Go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. If you have something to write with, underline that word exhaustion or whatever your translation says right there. But the Hebrew word literally means to throw yourself down. And when you throw yourself down, there is a lot of humility in, in, in that act. I love what the New Living Translation says. It says, now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. If you're going to get out of debt, we got to swallow our pride. Swallowing your pride means maybe you have to downgrade your lifestyle a little bit. Maybe you have to go without the things that, not the things you need, but the things that you want. Maybe we have to live within our means. Maybe we need to sell some stuff. It's really humbling to get out of debt. But what, it, what that first principle is really saying is that you're confessing you have a problem, right? Some of us, we would just live our whole lives swimming in the middle of all this debt and it weighs on us, but we won't stop and say, you know what? There's a problem. There's an issue. I want to humble myself. So here, I got some practical ways for you to do this. A lot of different ways. So we're going to run through these really quick. Number one, here's, here's a great way to humble yourself, to be able, be able to get out of debt. 
create a monthly budget. You gotta plan your money. John Maxwell says, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. But the reality is a lot of us, we don't really have a set tight budget. And so we just kind of spin. Spend it here, a little bit here, a little bit that. Here, here's the best way you can, you can know if you don't really have a budget. Go in your bank account statement online or wherever you get it. Look how many Amazon charges you have, right? Amazon.com, 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 right? It's crazy. You don't realize it, but you spend just a little bit here, a little bit there, and before long, you don't really have a budget. You don't know where your money is going. And honestly, I'm talking in this room to, to those of us who are in the average of, of what our community is, which is around $75,000 that you make as a, as a family, okay, a household. For those of us who, who make that and, and more, this is really for you. Because when you have enough, it's easy to relax on your budget, isn't it? When you got a little bit extra, you're not really that worried, it's really easy to begin to say, you know what, let's just, we can go do that. It's no big deal. We got it. We got the money. We can go and do that. You stop worrying about your money. But here's what happens. You do that every week, and before long, you're spending two, $300 extra every month. And you don't even really realize it. If you carry that on for an entire year, we can do the math. $3,600 a year that we just kind of throw out there, just wasting because we don't know where that money is going to go because we don't have a budget. $3,600 may not seem like a lot, but in a lot of places around the world, that's how much a family makes an entire year. And we just spend it on coffee, right? Sorry, all y'all are holding your coffee cups. You're hiding them now, right? <laughs> we spend that on frivolous purchases, going and doing things when... Um, it's just really, we want this comfortable lifestyle. So here's some ways you can, you can create a budget. You can have the envelope system. Uh, Holly and I have done that in the past when we were younger. We had the envelope system where you put uh, cash in that envelope, um, and you, you only spend in those different areas uh, spending cash. And cash is very, very hard to spend, right? It's a lot more difficult than when you just put a, put a card in, right? Uh, if you don't want to do that, that that exact way, you can go and get a budget. Um, you can use Excel spreadsheets. You can use all sorts of different, um, different ways. But one of the, the best ways is using everydollar.com. If you never used it, man, this is a freebie for today. It's free. Go online. Go and, go and check it out. You can put your budget on there every month, and you can look at it. You can compare. You can, you can connect your bank account to it, and you can begin to put a, a, a name to every single dollar where you know where it's going. That's just some great advice. I think they would also tell us that we need to trust God and tithe. There'd be another way to be humble and show humility in getting out of debt. Because here's the reality. One of the first things that people do when, when they, as Christians, when they say, you know what, I need to get serious about money and get out of debt, you know where the first thing that goes? Tithing. It's just the reality. It's just the fact. Because you know what? My church isn't going to foreclose on my home. <laughs> you, know? you know what? If I don't pay those debts, they sure are going to take my car away from me. So what you do is, the first thing you do is you stop tithing. That's a terrible idea. I'm not saying that just as the pastor. What I'm saying is, is that when you do that, what, what's, what's happening, the reason you got in debt in the first place is because God didn't have control of your finances. And he wasn't in control of that. And so you just, you know what, you, you begin to live above your means. Here's what happens. When we do tithe in the middle of struggling, in the middle of, of difficulty, in the middle of not having much, you know what happens? God blesses us, Right? He blesses us so much when we say with our hearts, God, you're in control. And honestly, it's hard to say, God, you're in control 
with all these other areas, but not your money. If you really want to know what someone's, someone's heart is like, look at where they spend their money. I think the Bible talks about that somewhere, right? I think Jesus, Dave, and your grandmother would also say that this is the most biblical principle out of this, this passage. Number two, get off thy buttocks. That's the King James Version, by the way, okay? That's what they would say. You need to get off your rear end. That's what verse four says. That is Clayton's translation right there. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. That's what verse four says. He's saying, hey, how can you be lazy and sit in front of the couch and watch Netflix all day when you're swimming in debt? You need to do something about it. In fact, he, the Bible describes it a couple of verses down in verse, starting verse six through 11 and says this, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. So how do you get up off of your buttocks? Okay, a couple ways you can do that. Number one, save $1,000 really fast. You go home, sit down with your wife and say, okay, how are we going to save? We need to save $1,000. We don't have that. We need to have this emergency fund where we put it away. Simple, basic principle that Dave Ramsey teaches all the time. Save $1,000. And here's the point. Here's how, this is, how it deals with debt. Because what happens if you have not saved and your, your, your plumbing goes crazy and you got to call a plumber? Or your air conditioner goes out? Or your, your car is starting to act funny and you take it in and you need a new transmission? What do you do? You go into debt, Right? Because you didn't plan for those emergencies. And so that's just a basic principle. If you want to get off your rear end and do something about it and work hard, save $1,000 really fast. Here's another thing you can do. This is also off of Dave Ramsey's financial piece. Roll the debt snowball. Some of y'all, most of y'all probably heard the debt snowball. You can go on and listen to the, the radio. Uh, Dave Ramsey's on there every day and they're talking about the debt snowball and where are you in your debt snowball. Here's how the debt snowball works. You rank your debts. Say you have eight debts and it's about $2,000 total that you have to, to pay every single month, let's say in your debts, okay? You rank them smallest to largest. Say the first one, um, let's say it's, I don't know, let's say it's a Target credit card, okay? It's just a small Target credit card, but you, you buy clothes and you buy things on it and say you got a balance of 100 bucks. So instead of paying the minimum on that every month and just continue to rack it up, instead you, you take that and you say, you know what, the first month I'm going to pay everything, just the, all the minimum payments on everything else. And I'm going to take that, that smallest debt and I'm going to pay it off the first month, 100 bucks, okay? You do that, awesome, you, and you throw that credit card away. Then you take that, that next that amount, that $100, you don't say now next month I've got that to spend on whatever. No, you, instead you take that and you add it to the next, next largest debt. And you begin to, to say, I'm, okay, I'm gonna put $100 plus another 80 that I was paying on this, this other credit card. Now you get $180 and you, you spend a couple months um, attacking that debt and you pay it off and then you take all of that. So you begin to build and build and before long, you've got thousands of dollars every month that you're paying off on certain things and you can really get out of debt that way. Because if you look at it, it's the other way of saying, I've got all this debt. I can't keep, if I continue to pay minimum payments, it's gonna take forever to get out of it. That's a great way to get off your rear end and begin to pay down your debt. Here's another one. Sometimes some of us have our income is fixed. You say, you know what, Clayton, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just scraping by, um, and we have this tight budget. We can't, we, can't make, we can't make any more payments on things. Here's another great, great way to get out of debt is to get a side hustle. 
Side hustle is just a part-time job, right? Think about it. How much free time do you have? Do you have some extra free time? Could you spend your Fridays and Saturdays um, for the next couple months working hard um, to try to get out of some of this debt that you have hanging over you? In fact, a lot of our staff um, has side hustles. And so on the, on the weekends, different times, on their times off, um, they're going out and doing some little side jobs and they're, they're mowing lawns and they're, they're working on some media projects. And, you know, Kevin's whole life is just a, a side hustle, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so but, but, but it's a great way of saying, you know what, here's, here's my income and I'm spending all my income. I need a little bit extra. I mean, it's a great way to go and get a side hustle. That's how you're able to get out of debt. And here's the third principle that we find in this passage. And this is probably the hardest one. It's to develop a frugal lifestyle. That's tough. Because a frugal lifestyle is long-term. Saving some money real quick. Trying to pay some of that debt off real quick. Those things that can happen real fast. But to change your lifestyle is very difficult. You can equate that to going on a diet, right? To our health. It's easy to jump on a diet. It's very difficult to change your lifestyle and to get healthy. It's the same thing with our finances. Look at what verse 5 says. This describes it very well. It says, free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. That's a great verse right there. And the whole point that the proverb is saying is if you want to get out of debt, you've got to treat it like a gazelle treats a hunter. you got to get angry you got to get mad at it, and you got to get focused. And I can't explain it very well, but you know what? Dave Ramsey can. So y'all watch this short clip of him explaining this passage. So I'm reading through Proverbs, and I read, you know, the day according to the month. So the sixth came up, and I open up it, thing, and it says, if you've signed surety, my son, do this. Now, surety is old English Bible talk for gone into debt. So if you've gone into debt, do this. Now, if you're looking at this with my set of eyes, I'm saying this is the maker of the universe who says if you're in debt, here's what you do. This is worth reading after the do this. Right? I want to know what he says. This is a game changer. Whatever follows is very important to someone like me. If you're in debt, here's what you do. God says Paying attention now. Give no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. I got that. That's hard work. I got it, okay? And deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, a bird from the hand of the fowler. Now, truthfully, I'm no biblical scholar. I'm just a redneck guy reading the Bible. But I'm reading that, and I said, deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, a bird from the hand of the fowler. I have no idea what that means. You give me an animal metaphor. I was so excited about the do this. And you give me an animal metaphor. Now, this is how I pray. So some of y'all need to have reverent prayers and you think, God's not scared of me. It's okay. He can just talk to me like, and so I, what? Animals, what? So I'm scanning the channel that night, scanning the TV channels, just bouncing around. And I landed on the Discovery Channel and God answered my prayer. He told me what it meant. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, a bird from the hand of the fowler. So I'm watching this thing, and I click, and there's the gazelles. They're out there gazelling around. And I thought, I just read about you boys. 
you're how we get out of debt. And, and, and you know the Discovery Channel is not there if the gazelles are there by themselves, right? You know someone else is on the scene. Mr. Cheetah. And gazelles have a little cheetah detector behind their ear. And when they see the cheetah, they're like, Cheetah! Run! Because they know the cheetah is the fastest mammal on dry land. He can run up to 82 miles an hour. He can go from zero to 67 in four leaps. This is a bad cat. There's not a gazelle on the planet that can outrun a cheetah. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter. How do you get out of debt? You run like your life depends on it. See, look what he did. He picked out a college student. <laughs> Come here, kid. Come here, kid. You need to get a credit card. You need to build up your FICO score, kid. Come here, kid. I'll give you a T-shirt. Sign up, kid. This happened to you on college, right? How you get out of debt? You got to run like your life depends on it. The only shot you can wander into debt, you can't wander out. The only way you get out is you run like you got to go crazy. You got to lose your mind. You got to run like death is on your heels because it is. It's the only way you get away. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Here's the real problem I think we have, is that we want what we can't afford. Think about it. For, this, this happened to, to us. It's probably happened to you that when you were young, you get married, and all of a sudden, young people want to live like their parents live, right? So they want the size of house that their parents have. They want to be able to drive the cars their parents drive. And the and reality is you, you kind of can do that, but you, you rack up this incredible amount of debt, and you don't realize that it took 20, 30, 40 years for your parents working hard to get where, where they're at. But young people say, you know what, I just, I just want to live like my parents live. Or for those of us in neighborhoods, we want to live like the Joneses, right? You've heard that, that saying, you see the people next to you or you drive to another neighborhood, you're like, man, that neighborhood's a little bit nicer than mine. Or they got that house next door is a little bit nicer than mine. Or that, those cars are driving a little bit, a little bit fancier than mine. And man, it seems like they're really going on vacations all the time. I want to do the same thing. And so you begin to compare yourself to other people, and you can't afford their lifestyle. And because you can't afford their lifestyle, you're willing to go into extreme debt to try to keep up with them. But the Bible says here that we have to run from it we got to develop this frugal lifestyle. So here's how you can do that. Number one, stop going into debt. Duh, right? Stop going. If you're in debt right now, stop going into more debt. So here's what happened. Dave Ramsey, Jesus, and your grandmother come over to your house. You fix them a great meal. And your grandma says, don't turn that oven off. Actually, crank it up. And so you eat this great meal. Then your grandmother takes all your credit cards, goes over to the oven, opens it, and throws all your credit cards in there. That's what they would do. That's, that's the advice that they would give you to get rid of those things, to get rid of those temp temptations. In fact, you can go do that today. Go home, man, just cut them up. Have a bonfire in the backyard and say, you know what? I really don't need those things anymore. They're just a lifeline for me to have the things that I really don't need. They're just things that I want. And it continually keeps me in debt. If you're gonna get out of debt, you gotta stop going into debt. Here's another way you can stop going into debt and you can have this frugal lifestyle is do this. Live on beans and rice. Live on beans and rice. Dave Ramsey says that the only, if he was in debt, the only restaurant he would find himself in is one that he actually owns. 
okay? That's the only restaurant he'd find himself in if he was in debt, okay? Meaning this, you don't have to go out to eat five times a week, okay? The reality is a lot of us do that. So here's the best way to, to live on beans and rice. Get a map out on your phone. Look at Highway 169, all the restaurants on it and near it, your favorite ones, and just cross them out and say, say hey, honey, kids, we're not going to do that right now. We're not going to do that. We're going to go home after church, and we're going to eat. We're going to eat on things that we actually can't afford if you're in deep debt. Because here's the deal. You can do it. I've been over to Guatemala. The rest of the world lives on beans and rice. They really do. I've been in, in homes of people with a bunch of little kids running around and doing ministry with them, and they are making us their, their, the best meal that they can make us. You know what it is? Beans and rice and corn tortillas. That sounds like a good meal to me. I don't know about you. Um, get some salsa, we're good to go. But, but that's how they live. They live on that kind of food. They, they, they really can live on less. If you want to get out of debt, you've got to cut your expenses. You've got to cut your expenses. And here's another great way to cut expenses, that may be able to live on beans and rice, is to do this. Maybe it's not dealing with your food or the things you eat, but how many of y'all negotiate your contracts? The different, different things you have. Think about it, like your, your homeowner's insurance, your auto insurance, your, your, your cable bill, your cell phones, even your, your, your mortgage interest rate. How many of y'all actually do that? Or you say, you know what, those are just the bills I have. And you're like, you know what, I just love, I'm not picking on State Farm, I just love State Farm because my parents had State Farm, my grandparents had State Farm, and I just love the name State Farm, I love the commercials, it's great. And you don't actually go out and look, you know what, maybe there's a better deal out there and get the same coverage for less. I think every single one of us, if we really want to cut some of our expenses, here's a practical way. Go out and bid every year on those big items and see if you can just reduce some of your expenses. What would happen if, you know what, you're able to save 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. One of my good friends said that he does this every year, and he averages about $500 a month less every year by just negotiating some of those contracts. What could you do with $500 extra dollars? You've already, already spent it, haven't you, in your mind, right? You've already spent that $500. I, I know, I get it. What could you do with that kind of money? Man, it, it would change a lot of things. Here's another way I, I believe that you could live a frugal lifestyle is to pray for creativity and wisdom. To go to God and say, God, I don't know what this looks like because I've never experienced this frugal lifestyle long-term. Because you know what? I've always lived where I, with things I wanted, I always got. And that's just how I live my life. How in the world, God, can I do this? And you pray and say, God, give me wisdom. Give me creativity. Give me energy to be able to do this. And I'm telling you what, watch what he does. Watch what God can do in your life. When you give your finances over to him, here's what he does. He doesn't abandon you. He comes alongside you and he blesses you. He blesses you more abundantly than you can ever imagine when you trust him with your finances. So that's what, those are some advice. That's some advice that Grandma and Dave Ramsey and Jesus, I think they would, they would give you to go out of debt. And so I want to finish today by asking you to commit to doing three things this week. Number one, you've seen it already, to commit to attacking and paying off all your consumer debt. To go home and sit down and say, I don't know what that looks like, but man, and maybe, maybe it's astronomically large and you can't, you can't even, even think about doing that. But you know what? You could take some of those steps. You could get rid of um, going into more debt. You could cut some of your lifestyle out. You come up with a plan, a, a debt snowball plan, and you begin to do some of those things. Man, I'm asking you, 
as your pastor to commit to doing that. Because here's the deal. A church full of church members, they can't breathe because they're in so much debt, can't do much. A church like that can't do much. You know what? When we, even as families, have given God our finances, we can do great. We can do great things for God's kingdom. So I'm asking you to commit to doing that, to attacking and paying off all of your consumer debt. And second thing, I'm asking you to do this. If you need some help with this, is to do this, to sign up for the Financial Peace University. It's a class, nine weeks long, right, Matt? Nine weeks long, starts February 28th. In fact, we have a class going on right now. They're about to be finished. Um, it's taught by Dave Ramsey. It's, it's a, like a Zoom type of class, and you also get together sometimes. Uh, but it's, it's for you and your family, and you get together with other couples, and there's, there's no shame. Um, it's just you sit down, you get real, and you come up with a plan, and it's awesome. It's, for us, it's taught by Lori Gray here at our church. In fact, she's had two classes go through this recently, and they have combined uh, paid off $35,000 in debt uh, by going through these, this class together. And so there's a lot of ways that you can, you can sign up for that. Call the church office on our website to do that. Um, or the easiest way is to use that 94,000 uh, texting number that we talk about a lot and just type in no debt. Even if it's two words, it doesn't matter. What we'll do is send you a quick, quick text back saying, hey, awesome, thank you, give me an email address. And then we'll send you an email um, of how to go and, and sign up for that class. February 28th on Sundays, man, go and do that. It will change your life. If you're saying, you know what, Clayton, I feel God's calling me to do something different, but I don't know how to do that, this will teach you how to do that. And finally, here's my last big ask for you, to, to, for you to do this, to commit to being here the next couple weeks. It's going to be good. As we talk about making change with our finances, because we're going to look at how to reduce some anxiety that you have, how to reduce stress that you have with your finances. We're gonna look at how do you supercharge your finances for the future. And that's awesome. I wanna do that in my life. Some of you listen to the same sermons, okay? I want that for my life. So be here for that. And we're gonna be looking at how God can use your finances to change other people's lives. Because when you think about it, that's what we want. Like I wanna make an impact in other people's lives and I think you do as well. So y'all be here the next couple weeks. Let's pray. Father, no one likes to talk about money. <laughs> no one likes to talk about debt. The reality is it's a temptation for all of us here in our American culture. And the reality is, is that a ton of us are just swimming in it. But God, you've given us a plan to get out of debt. I love God that you aren't just giving us all this theology and all this head knowledge of of how we're supposed to believe, but you give us practical advice to live the lives that you've called us to live. It's all found in your word. The biggest question is, God, are we gonna follow it or not? Are we gonna ignore it or not? And God, I'm praying that as a church, we'd be a, we'd be a church that hates debt and gets angry about it in our personal lives and want to, to fight against it and to do whatever it takes, like a gazelle running from a cheetah, that we would run away from it. So God, I pray that that financial peace class would be full of, of people, that we have so many that we'd need to start another class. Of families, husbands and wives saying, you know what, Let's, we've been talking about it, we've been thinking about it, we need to get serious about our finances because we can't keep doing what we're doing. I'm praying, God, that you would call us to move into action. 
So help us, God, to deal with our debt, to deal with our finances, so that we, in turn, can spend our lives for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.